Hi everyone, Erin here. So sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I have something amazing to share with you. Do you want to become a mindfulness or well-being strategist? Perhaps so. If you do, I have the exact program for you. In partnership with UPeace, United Nations Institution, we are offering a three-month training to certify people in mindfulness and well-being strategy. This is a three-month virtual program plus one-week in-person retreat in Osada, Costa Rica. This certificate is in partnership with UPeace, a United Nations international school that focuses on social innovation, entrepreneurship, and peace building. The certificate will train participants in meditation, mindfulness, coaching, positive psychology, emotional intelligence, new ways of healing, sales funnels, branding, overall modern day wellness and how you can launch and grow a business. As a graduate, you can take on one-on-one clients as a well-being strategist, offer wellness programming in corporations, schools, and more. Build your own wellness programming and learn how to attract clients and grow your business. Definitely check out The links in the footnotes would love, love, love to have you. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast, featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine authenticity and truth. I am your host, Stephanie Adler, founder of Bright Bean Health, supporting women pursuing optimized hormone health and a greater connection to and sense of self as a result. May this be your time to create well-being, balance, and for you to thrive. I'm super pumped about today's guest, Giovanna Garcia, is a holistic nourishment mentor, a natural chef, and cacao medicine steward. She guides women back to their innate divinity and well-being through emotional healing, heart awakening, and whole nourishment. Hey, Giovanna. It's so good to see you. Thanks for being here today. (laughs) Hi, Stephanie. I'm so grateful to be here and, yeah, get to catch up while we do this, too. Yeah. Where are you right now? I love your, you look like you're in a tree house. Yeah, I am in my cute tree home in Mill Valley, California. Um, I've been here for about three years in, in this home. It's a small one bedroom, but really cute. And I get to be with the trees. I'm currently looking at the redwood trees out my window. Ah, so dreamy. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with cacao. I mean, I've had the privilege of eating some of your superfood chocolate bars in the past and know you were, you've been on recent adventures to learn more about cacao as medicine and you do cacao ceremonies. So I really just like want to have the opportunity to explore that with you forever, everyone today. So wherever you want to start, uh, let's just jump in. Cool. Yeah. I I would love to share a little bit about my relationship with cacao and like my history with it. So I started working with cacao about six years ago um, and it came from really a desire to just create a really healthy chocolate bar, like coming from the nutrition background perspective, um, wanted something that had no sugar or no refined sugar, no soy lecithin or any of these like emulsifiers that a lot of companies add that are not natural and not needed also. So I just took it upon myself to learn how to make like actual chocolate um, with a, I bought a little stone grinder and started just experimenting with what's it like to make chocolate out of the cacao bean. Um, so I just 
for months and months, I just was teaching myself how to do all this. And that did um, blossom into like a chocolate company for a little bit, which is now not currently alive, but um, it was a journey and it was so fun to, to explore that. And, but that, so that relationship with cacao kind of led me to my now relationship with it that is more spiritual. Um, I learned about cacao ceremony along the way and I had no idea what that was, but I attended a few ceremonies that I found here in the Bay Area. And there was one ceremony that I attended that was led by this beautiful couple, um, from Mexico and I sat with them and right away I was like, wow, these are my teachers. Uh, just the way that they carried the medicine with so much love and integrity. And like you could tell they actually knew the, the plant in and out and they had been in in communion with it, um, you know, in relationship. So it, that just really resonated for, for me. I'm also from Mexico. So I, it was like a just like a thread there that was pulling me like, oh, wow, this is like a remembering of of these ancient practices um, or the, this one in specific that is from Central Latin America. So I went up to them and I asked them if they could be my teachers and mentors and they declined at the beginning because they thought they weren't ready to be teachers in that way. And I just persisted. I was like, I think I really think that you're ready and I want to learn from you. Oh, wait. And sure enough, like six months later, they invited me to their home in Mexico and I stayed with them for two weeks and they taught me everything they knew about cacao. And there's a lot of myths about cacao of how, how it came about and the way that it is now and um, where it comes from. But really it's about communing with it and sitting with the plant and listening. Um, so I got to learn all the myths and also just like practice and being with the plant, you know, being with the fruit, being with the bean, being with the beverage form and chocolate form, like in all the ways, different dosages to really learn how it really affects the body and not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually. So that's been a journey. And then recently I, um, so three years ago is when I studied with my teachers, Paola and Gustavo in Mexico. And that's when I started uh, facilitating more cacao ceremonies here in the Bay Area. And then from there, that's just been such a learning and healing experience to be working with the medicine and be a steward of this plant medicine. And now two weeks ago, I returned from Guatemala where I was there studying with um, elders, uh, not just cacao, but other ancient practices, but cacao was one of the main practices that we were there experiencing with them. And that was really special to be with the Mayan community and really learn their way of, um, of working with this medicine. Um, every, every origin that I know that grows cacao has slightly different practices with it, but they all have the same essence that Cacao connects us to the heart. It helps open the heart on a physical and spiritual level. And we get to do a lot of our inner internal healing work um, as well as emotional healing work. So it's been really powerful and very healing on so many levels in my life. Okay. So tell me a little bit more. How, how do you use cacao as medicine, both physically and spiritually? Yeah, so cacao is um, vasodilator, which means it opens up the blood vessels and it allows more blood flow. 
and more so more blood is flowing into the heart so on the physical level like the heart is getting more more blood more oxygen it's probably going to be pumping faster and it just allows for this experience to also open the energetic heart center which you could call the heart chakra but um the energetic heart center then is opened as well and there's just so much there in our hearts physically and energetically so we get to really be with emotions that um are in our heart whether suppressed or just stored there and we just get to connect with the love and purity that is the essence of our hearts and our being but also anything else that we've been again not not really feeling so often when we when people start opening their heart more there's grief there or there's anger there so we in a very loving container like these ceremonies and a very safe container these emotions get to be released um and and that's that is the healing of just moving this energy because all our emotions are just energy so allowing this energy to move that is otherwise just held there because fear usually right so it's it's a really beautiful tool to use for for anyone that feels stuck like they can't open their heart they feel closed um they feel like they can't feel their emotions um it just allows for these emotions to flow a lot more more freely um and i i personally feel like the container um is really important you know being somewhere where these emotions are also welcomed and that we're not being judged or anything else around these emotions because that's the reason that we close off to begin with right so um for me and many many others it's been on that emotional healing level like really really special to have these spaces uh to just feel what's on our hearts and sometimes it's, it doesn't have to be these like um more heavy or people call them negative negative emotions but sometimes it's like pure joy like maybe you as a child we weren't allowed to feel joy and and bliss so it's like in these ceremonies a lot of people get to connect to that too it's like oh that's there that i'm not feeling um so it's it's a really special and beautiful experience um if someone is willing so like anything cacao is just another tool and another experience so if someone comes to a ceremony and is not really willing to experience the full effects of the cacao they likely won't so it's it's the willingness to that allows them to like open up and receive this medicine it's not a psychoactive medicine it's 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 just purely heart medicine and like it, you can feel it in the body maybe a little bit of like more sensation comes in as the blood is flowing more flu- more freely but um the willingness i find is like really important for these ceremonies so that people can actually feel the effect of the cacao on a spiritual level too Absolutely. Yeah, like in everything in life, it's so much about the mental narrative that you're telling yourself. Um when I run retreats, I love doing cacao in the evening, especially on the night that I want us to feel like a celebration, whether that's a dance party or a night hike, that feeling of warmth. I really I really feel it when you're drinking cacao. And so can you tell us a little bit about like Some people might be wondering does this mean I can go get a Hershey's bar and experience this or like what exactly are we talking about when we're talking about cacao in this sense? That's a great question. Um yeah, so ceremonial grape cacao is 
obviously ideal for ceremony and and that's 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 what i work with um ceremonial grade means in terms of how they grow the cacao it's not very different but um it is different in the sense that most farms that are growing ceremonial grade cacao they're not monocropping their cacao so cacao is not meant to be monocropped which a lot of places now just for chocolate production, they're monocropping cacao. Um, so these farms where ceremonial cacao comes from, they're small, cacao trees are growing amongst other trees. So the cacao will also pick up flavors from different plants around them. Um, and it's purely, it's grown and harvested in, in a more ceremonial, more intentional way. And as well as the way that they handle the beans is mostly handheld. So they don't really use any machines. They grind the beans by hand with, stones uh, kind of like a mortar and pestle but like bigger bigger stones and um so it's and it's harvested specifically for ceremony to be enjoyed in this way in community and that's how the tradition traditionally the uh, mayans and aztecs would enjoy cacao um in in community it's always usually either around a fire or around a body of water but always with the intention of connecting to the earth and connection connecting to ourselves and each other um, in community. I love this idea of intention that keeps showing up with this. And I think how it translates to our lives, right? Or like, as we know, as chefs with cooking, like the secret ingredient love is so important. And like that feeling of holding food in your hands and connecting with it and putting that into the food that then either you or loved ones or even clients eat. It's, it's all about this intention. And I, I am hearing that that comes through in the way that the cacao is able to serve you. Um, totally. And you could, you could taste the difference between a ceremonial grade cacao beverage for example as opposed to Hershey's bar right it's like even or even like now we have so much so much access to like superfood types of chocolate bars like you feel the resin the vibration that's so different between Hershey's and like a superfood chocolate bar so um I would say most most like just mainstream chocolates don't have the full bean either so you're not getting the full effect of the cacao even cacao powder most cacao powders are not the full bean what they do is um, in order to get cacao butter they extract the fat out of the bean and then you're left with whatever is left they make into powder so when someone's making a beverage out of cacao powder i think it's beautiful because you're still getting some antioxidants and like all the nutritional benefits from the cacao but you're not getting the full cacao um, with all its beauty and you know connection so um i always like to say that like getting the full bean is is the full experience too and the full the full plant I need you to find somewhere for me where I can go get cacao paste in LA because I had gotten it in San Francisco, but now I'm back to, I buy cocoa butter and I buy raw cacao and I mix them together to make my own chocolate. And it's so silly because I'm buying just separate pieces to put them back together as opposed to the whole thing. So if you know anyone or anyone listening knows where I can buy cacao paste in LA. Well, I definitely have, I have sources for online where you can purchase ceremonial grade cacao and I can share those. And if you want to share these links later with anyone who's listening, that'd be great too. Um, I would say if you're buying in stores, most health food stores now have 
good quality cacao paste, like probably um, Whole Foods or I don't know what what health food stores are around you. But um, and I would still say that's not the same as the ceremonial grade cacao that's like really grown in, in small farms and supporting like really small small Mayan families. Um, I like going that route because there's also a lot of like slavery around mm. cacao and it's just like there's so much history that we don't know and and like anything knowing where our money is going to is is important to support families and the planet. Yeah and in a minute I definitely want to ask you more about your experience going and being a part of those communities um, but before that even so like, I love this idea. Let's definitely link in the show notes where to purchase ceremonial grade cacao. What, what do people do with it at home? Like (laughs) people are going to go buy this amazing. And now what do they make? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, I would say, um, you make a beverage. So there's also ceremonially, there's different dosages and all that. i I feel like hesitant to get into the dosages because there's just like complex and measure and stuff. People can reach out to you. Yeah. People can reach out to me, but that's how I do it in certain ceremony. And that's what I've been, that's what I've learned is like, obviously the dosage of anything makes a difference right in your experience. So there's, there definitely is a a thing of having too much cacao and being overstimulated because cacao is a natural stimulant. It's also an antidepressant, but So cacao doesn't actually have caffeine, but a lot of people think it does. What it has is a compound called theobromine, which is, that's the stimulating part of cacao. And like like any stimulant, too much of that could be just overstimulating. You might get a headache. So the dosage is important, but if someone's making something at home, my guess is they probably won't add a ton anyway. Uh, But yeah, mixing the paste with water is is just the traditional way that the Mayans drink cacao. They don't add any sweetener. They don't really add any spices other than cayenne, sometimes a little bit of cardamom, but it's like the chili powder to activate the cacao and then the cacao and water. So it's a better, in ceremony, it's a very bitter drink. Um, and that's that's how I prefer to serve it. You can find a lot of cacao ceremonies now where they're sweetening it and it tastes really yummy and that's great. But I love the... I love feeling the earth in the, in the drink and like getting to feel like really treating it like medicine. That's, that's the relationship I have with it now. So it's like, okay, this is medicine. It doesn't mean it's going to taste delicious and your palate learns to love it. Like I love the taste of bitter cacao. Um, But that's, that's just like the ancient way of, of drinking it. Yeah, I I eat these 100% cacao little discs that I buy at the bulk bin at my co-op. And for years now, I've been eating 100% cacao and or cocoa. How would I call that? They're like chocolate, they're like chocolate discs. Would that yeah, be cacao? cacao? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, that's cacao paste and little discs. So you can make a beverage out of those discs. Yeah, good to know. Um, and I love them. And I remember when I, and I don't think anything of it. And when I give them to other people, sometimes the look on their face is so priceless. They just <laughs> are so not expecting it to be that dark, but you do, your palate really does change. And now my partner, like I always catch him eating out of my stash because, and before they were way too bitter for him, but now he loves them. And and then on the other side of it, when you eat a chocolate bar, like even a nice chocolate bar, that's like. 80% dark chocolate, it tastes too sweet. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So tell me, like, is this a part of your daily ritual? Like, how do you in- integrate this medicine into your life on a personal level? Mm-hmm. I would say now, not necessarily a daily ritual. Um, the ritual itself of like sitting in ceremony is a daily practice for me. Drinking cacao is now, it's not necessary for me. I mean, I've been working with cacao for so many years. And when I first trained with my teachers, definitely did immerse myself in like drinking cacao every day, trying different dosages to see how that would affect me and my body. Everybody's different too. And um, just exploring, right? It's like getting to know the plant in and out. Um, I was drinking it every day. Now I feel I probably have some form of cacao every day. Like that feels true, but I don't drink cacao, ceremonial cacao every day. Um, Just because some days I just don't feel like it's necessary. You know, it's like I I believe in moderation too. And like we, we can get stuck on like, oh, this thing is like doing X, Y, and Z for me. So I should keep doing it it's a tool. So I, I really have like shifted into like, this is a tool that I don't need every day. And, and if I start being dependent on it, like, what is it that makes me dependent? What is it that I think that I can't access on my own? Right. So it's like, a, it's a facilitator, a catalyst into feeling more of myself, but I now have practices where I can do that just with my breath or just sitting and meditating or my intention or playing with energy, but it's not necessarily always with cacao. Um, But the practice of sitting might be meditating or drumming or singing. That is a daily practice, which is part of these are things that are in a cacao ceremony that I facilitate. Amazing. And just to like wrap this part of the conversation up, is there anyone who shouldn't use cacao? Like, are there any states that you could be in that it would not be a tool that you would want to call on? That's great. Yeah, definitely. If you're on antidepressants or high dosage of antidepressants, um, it wouldn't be the best thing to have because it might contradict with the medication since it's already an antidepressant. Um, Also anyone taking high dosage of high blood pressure medication. And if someone's pregnant specifically first or second trimester, I would say not ideal to have high dosage of cacao. And then breastfeeding also having, not that you can't have the cacao, but especially in the beginning of breastfeeding, like just being mindful of how much and knowing that that is a stimulant and it will affect the milk, which will affect the baby. Um, So just depend, some babies are really sensitive. Some, I know moms who have had cacao their whole pregnancy, their whole breastfeeding journey, and like the baby has been fine. So just playing, seeing how the baby reacts to the, to the breast milk. Yeah. And just being in tune. I love, and this is a little bit of a side sidebar, but um, I recently became a doula and like learning all about breastfeeding and everything. It's so interesting. And like that intuitive relationship a mom starts to have with their baby of even if I'm, they're eating like too many cruciferous veggies and the baby's getting gas, like it's so neat what can be passed through breast milk. And I think it's really important to like not use the baby as an experiment, but like to test and make sure that 
the, that everything is working in terms of caffeine or cacao or whatever it is. So thanks for sharing that. Tell, tell me about these trips that you take down to these communities. And also I want to hear about the sweat lodges and all the other fun stuff oh, yeah. you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So this trip in, in Guatemala just recently was really beautiful and really, um, really packed with activity. Uh, I have the word that comes to mind that I keep sharing is like summary is like shamanic Olympics <laughs> for this experience. We, we spent 10 days with this Mayan family. Uh, we would stay at a hotel, but like go over in the morning to their home and spend the whole day with them. And we just like immerse ourselves in all kinds of ceremonies, fire ceremony, tobacco ceremony, sweat lodge, cacao ceremony. One day we fasted on cacao and then it finished the day with a sweat lodge um, just like being in, in Mayan astrology, being in their way of life was really special and eye-opening and profound. Uh, they, they live in poverty. So it's, there's that aspect of it that they're so connected to spirit, but don't have much. Right. So one thing that I definitely took away from that is, how simple spirituality can be and it doesn't need to be fancy and we have we're privileged and and blessed to have all these beautiful tools and workshops and things that we can attend everywhere especially in the bay area but sometimes a lot of the fluff isn't needed right like beautiful crystals or things like all these things are, are tools so it just made me realize like all these things are tools and there's a way in which these tools can also be distractions. Um, so that was one of the messages that I really took from that is, is seeing how simple spirituality can be and how profound and deep um, one can go without having any, anything, just, just fire, just being with the elements. Um, so it was really beautiful. And, and again, nonstop, it was like ceremony after ceremony after ceremony where we just like have these profound experiences of, of just like self-realization and awakening and and you're like oh whoa and like there wasn't a ton of time for integration but it got me curious about that because that's how they mostly live their lives of just like in spirit in something profound all the time and what part of inter because I'm used to going to retreat and like integrating for like a week, you know, it's like what part of integration mm -hmm. is actually integration and what part is again, a distraction or um, uh, I don't know. There's some, some energy of like victim in that, right. It's like, Oh, now I need to like come home and integrate um, which I saw that they, they are not having those thoughts they are just like, okay, we did this experience next, <laughs> you know? So it got me thinking about how we digest experiences and how present can we be to then not necessarily, yeah. How crucial is the integration part? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what does the integration even mean? Definitely. I've been thinking about something really similar in that way too of, Last year I went to Burning Man and it was the first time I'd gone. And it, for me, was a very spiritual experience and really healing and just like really powerful. And coming home, I felt like I needed a full week to just like 
I literally remember just like drinking my homemade hemp milk and like <laughs> sitting in my room and and like taking a sh- like really special showers. And it sounds silly, but it was really sacred. It was like these things that I had felt disconnected from, but it still had had this really spiritual experience and came back and like needed to reintegrate that experience into my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And this year... Uh, Danny and I are going to go again, but we are leaving for a good friend's wedding in Portugal the day we get back and mm-hmm. like are going to be and also like in the south of Portugal in this beautiful environment. Like I'm not I'm so blessed. Thank you. But I, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> like, how am I going to just like go and get on this airplane across the world and then mm-hmm. spend it's like a, we're staying in a house with like 30 people, you know, doing all these wedding activities and I and and then traveling around Portugal. And I, I've really been struggling with like, where am I going to find that place to to rest and to come back and to integrate? Because that's really what it felt like to me. Um, and I don't have an answer for it, but I've been thinking about that a lot, too, of just at the same time, there are these two beautiful experiences that I'm going to be living in. And like, just hearing you talk about that, like, is it necessary? Like, do you really need to sit in your room and meditate and drink your own hemp milk in order for that experience <laughs> to like really hit you in real life? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't really have answers, but what I learned is like, for example, I didn't, I didn't feel personally compared to how much sleep I get that I got enough sleep while I was there. So in that sense of like, yeah, I do feel tired and I feel like I need to rest. There's that component. But in, in terms of like, integrating an experience I feel like I had the experience yeah it's like if I continue on the path that there's not much to integrate it's just like I just keep evolving into my next actualized self you know Um, so I really saw that and how easy it is to come home and call it integration but also fall into old patterns Um, so that's that's been the contrast that's been happening for me being back is like oh, right, these are just patterns that I can pick up again, or I could just, I decided back then, then I was done with them, you know, I could actually be done with them. (laughs) Um, So things like that, the whole experience in in Guatemala was like, really confronting in terms of, I mean, that's, that's what spirituality is, it's like always confronting the parts that are not serving us and the parts that um, the stories we hang on to the victimhood we hang on to and all of that. So it was really special and and I came home feeling really clear and really grounded and and then like I said coming home being faced with what I'm used to here and being mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm a, a new level of of myself and how do I remain there yeah like on that been, almost elevated plane yeah not bypassy but like like I can see through these stories and that they're just stories and how can I remain in that knowing that this is who I am and not those stories? Mm-hmm. So that's been my integration, but it looks very different than other integrations that I'm like used to. Yeah. I think that just the concept of integration feels a little more created by like Western wellness worlds than maybe some of the original practices that are traditions that we're drawing these practices from. Um, yeah, I agree. I think we should the start rest. a revolution of getting rid of the integration. 
<laughs> and there's a part when you say that there's a still part of me that's like no <laughs> i want the integration yeah. yeah but um yeah it's been really special to come back and like start seeing clients right away and being like okay this is part of you know continuing with my life is part of my integration it's been a whole different um perspective and it's been great i feel really energized now that i'm in that it's like it's pushed me out of going back to my comfort tell everyone more about what you do with your clients like what type of relationship is that yeah i work with people in different forms um, but i work mostly with women and my one-on-one -on -one work i call it holistic nourishment mentoring and that is working with someone for six or nine months and we work um together closely it's a very intimate relationship it's definitely very intuitive work that I do. I now bring so many aspects of things that I've learned together. Um, and that's why it's called holistic nourishment because it's, I have the background in nutrition, but it's not just nutrition, nourishment, um, or physical nourishment, but emotional and spiritual as well. So it's kind of like, how do we nourish the whole being in all the ways and, um, and I work with different tools. Cacao is one of the tools that I share with my clients. Um, different tools, meditation and nature and rituals and practices that are specific for whatever the clients are working on. Um, and also potentially recipes or meal, meal plans or meal um, ideas. But um, it all kind of weaves together as a whole that there's not just one thing that supports someone's healing but it's everything and and meeting someone where they're at i would say that's the, the most the most important part of my work is like always never like i never create one one way fits for everyone type of system i don't actually have any and like here's a pdf of how you do this it's like not like that my work is very much like in the moment very energetic i do energy healing on people sometimes too and and meeting them emotionally so it's like holding someone in ways that they never been held before uh, with so much care and gentleness and also but also not buying into their stories like that's there's definitely a fearness in my work that uh, i'm bringing forth more is like i can hold you and sometimes I'm not going to buy into your stories. I'm going to hold your higher self for you. Um, so that a lot of clients love that because I get to meet them and there's always an and, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and. Um, and I get to reflect back to them what's actually true and what I'm seeing that they're not seeing. Yeah, I resonate with that so deeply. And I, I find that line of like holding and also holding you accountable and like it really fine, right? Like there's sometimes there's, it's a really interesting dance to do and to see how different clients respond to it differently. And yeah, um, I love that. I'm curious. So I'm a, you and I have similar backgrounds and I'm also a holistic nutritionist and I've switched a little bit of the languaging around that because so much more of the work that I do is more than just nutrition. It, it is the whole holistic piece. But when I, especially when I meet new people and I am describing what I do, oftentimes I get the question, like, what does it mean holistic? Like, what does it mean when you do this type of work? 
And I'm curious how you would answer that. Like, what is your definition of holistic? Because I think we could all have (laughs) such different takes and I respect your opinion so much. I'd be curious how you answer that question. Mm -hmm. My first response is usually like the simple is integrating mind, body, and soul. So not just the body, but the mind and the soul. And um, after that is kind of like, what does it mean to nourish yourself emotionally? What does it mean to nourish yourself spiritually, physically, mentally? Uh, so bringing forth all of those aspects and and just leaving them as like open-ended questions. Like I don't, when people ask me what I do, I kind of leave it at that. It's like, what is what do these things mean to you? Because <laughs> I can talk about holistic nourishment, but because I work so differently with so many clients, like it's because it's intuitive work, it doesn't look the same for everyone. Like I don't have one plan, um, but it's all around nourishing the parts that are being neglected in someone, mm-hmm. right? It's like someone might be like super physically fit and like on point with their, what they're eating and all that. But like mentally they're and emotionally, they're just like in a dark hole, you know, and they don't know how to, how to like cope or how to be with the, their emotions and, and they're having a hard time in life. It's like, they look great and they feel great on some aspect, but on another aspect of their being, they're like depressed or something like that. And it's like weaving all of them together. Like it's food. And what about your, how are you feeding your thoughts? How are you feeding or how to feeding feeding your mind? How are you feeding your spirit and your emotions? Yeah, definitely. And what comes to mind with that is I'm, I'm working with a client right now who has a really dedicated spiritual practice. And she is very intuitive and all of these things are very integrated parts of her. And she's struggling a little bit in some of the work that we're doing on the body side, like the physical and the food and hormone healing side. It's interesting because a lot of what's coming up in healing that is affecting her spiritual practice, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think that happens a lot when you do this type of work or any type of like deep work on either your mind, body, or your soul, that it, it like can potentially bring the other ones out of balance. And so it's like learning how to hold all three at the same time, which is easier said than done. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love like, I also in some ways would love to be able to like have a plan that I just, you know, like make an ebook and you can buy it and heal all like holistically heal yourself. But it's not that simple, right? Like it is this intuitive process of individually what people need. And I'm so grateful that there are other resources out there that can provide tools and I know I can refer out for like, Hey, if you want to learn more about meditation or this go there, but yeah, like the individual deep work can be challenging to just like put a one size fits all on. Yeah. And I would say like perfection is not, is not real, (laughs) you know? So it's like, if someone's striving to be perfect and balanced in all the ways all the time, like that's a, a good way to reach like burnout, I would say, or just disappointment because it's not, I don't believe that it's possible to always reach that level of like, wow, everything's perfect and in balance. Like there are moments of that, but it's more of the, it's more of the realization, like we are beings that we are humans, but also spiritual beings that are always evolving, constantly changing, 
just how nature has seasons, like especially us women, we have seasons throughout the month. We have our different phases of our, our menstrual cycle and like which are the different seasons and the different emotions and like just understanding where we're at at any point and knowing what's the most important thing to nourish at that point. So it's like sometimes it's just, oh, emotional nourishment is the most important thing for me right now. And knowing that that will cause some level of like, oh, maybe I neglect my fitness for a little bit, but like this is what needs to be taken care of. And neglect is not the word. Like maybe I I don't focus on that 100% right now, you know, but knowing like what we need at any point because we're constantly changing, like we're never the same. Yeah. So that, that, that's what I, I like to guide women with and like teach them like there's no perfection here. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No one's reached reach that like, wow, now I've got it all figured out. It's like knowing who you are and where you're at at any point and what do you need? Do you need self-care? Do you need to go on a run? Do you need to eat a salad? <laughs> do you need to eat a piece of chocolate? Like, you know, it's like understanding the the multi-dimensional beings that we are. So much, yes. Yeah, and I think for me, at least in that, the the point that you touched on of like women, we have these seasons that we cycle through monthly and learning to cycle sync and healing my hormones was the best thing I ever did for all three of those categories of like mind, body, and soul. And when I try and explain it to other people, and Erin and I actually did a podcast on this that's a while back, if anyone listening wants to go check it out, but is like you you are so much better able to be kind to yourself when you understand that like that that's you're in winter right now relative to like the season. And so it doesn't maybe make sense for you to be like out doing the hardest workout class and like signing up for a high intensity interval class that you just feel crappy after, you know, it's like learning how to intuitively read that hormone dance Mm -hmm. and just like better understanding why I don't want to go out with all my friends to this big party and I'd rather like stay in with a face mask and that's okay. And it doesn't make me antisocial and it doesn't make me overly introverted. It's just like lining up with where I am (laughs) in my month right now. Um, And when as women, I think we can be so hard on ourselves when we're not meeting society's expectations of the way you're supposed to show up and like, understanding better when and is is best for you to show up in what way feels more natural is been so healing do you use cycle seeking with your clients um i do i'll introduce it for sure um i not so much cycle thinking are you talking about seed cycling yes i use that with all my clients too yeah um often i'll introduce seed cycling and i always talk about the cycles for sure and like what understanding like there's so much compassion that goes with with that where everything you're saying is like it's just learning to have compassion for ourselves when we are in the dark winter season or because that's usually the hardest season for women is like the phase right before we're gonna uh bleed is like the darkest Yeah. yeah the next phase so um yeah, I, I will touch on it. And again, it just depends on where someone's at and understanding what their needs are. And a lot of times we work on a lot of childhood stuff and trauma and wounding around that. So 
it's it all gets weaved in together in one way or another within like six to nine months that I work with someone. But um, again, I don't have a template of like, this is what we're going to talk about first. It's just like, where are you at? I can meet you there. And then I'll start introducing different things at different times based on how we're moving forward. Amazing. And we're definitely going to link all the ways to get in touch with you along with how to find ceremonial cacao at the yeah. bottom. What are you cooking for yourself these days now that you're mm. back? That's a great question. Well, when I got back, we had a heat wave here. So I was, um, I live in a little tree house as you can see, but, um, no, most of the time I don't get direct sunlight. So I'm actually kind of cold in here. So I don't drink a lot of smoothies because I'm a very cold person. And since I got back and it was so hot, like 95 degrees, I was like, yes, I was making a bunch of smoothies and, and like cold, cold things um, that I've just been making salads and um, I'm digging like stuffed sweet potato with yummy things in it, whether it's a salad or quinoa um, or black beans and or a mixture of those things. And very simple. I, I mostly eat plant-based at home. And, and often when I go out, I'll have fish and eggs. But um, yeah, simple. I'm, I'm enjoying like the flavors of summer and the freshness of it. Amazing. Giovanna and I, Giovanna has a natural chef company outside of the Bay, in, in the Bay Area. Um, and I used to be one of her chefs. And so we've spent a lot of time talking about food together. And I always yeah. love your inspiration, which by the way, I actually need your doll recipe. So hopefully I can get that okay. from you afterwards. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I miss you on my team for sure. Aww. So I have one final question for you, and it is, if every woman in the world could hear one message from you, what would it be? I would say, believe, believe in who you are. Mm. Like that, and that's like, the, I have so much, I can elaborate so much more, but it's just like, who you are at your core is is welcome and and it's safe to express that. I love that. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Thank you so Amazing. much. This was so um, fun. So everyone, please comment below your thoughts about this podcast, maybe what drink you make with the ceremonial grade <laughs> cacao. Um, and as always with podcasts, we need high ratings, subscribers, and comments to receive good standing and to continue sharing wise words with women around the globe. So please comment, subscribe, and rate us. We love hearing from you. Big love and looking forward to chatting again next week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Giovanna.